in your journey as a writer, you know, going from your earliest idea of just kind of the concept of like, ooh, that would be nice to, I'd love to write things. I'd love to share myself in writing to actually being a successful writer with, you know, published work. What was a, an insight that you had that you, you know, kind of opened a door for you that turned a key that made you realize that you could actually do that and you could pursue that path, which led to you being successful. And there, there's no rules, you know, it's like whatever, uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of them, but anything that kind of um, hit you that helped you move through and get to where you're trying to go. Wow, that's a great, great question. Um, I think for me, it was more of uh, a realization um, I think for me, a lot of the things that always stick with me are just moments of clarity and just moments of realization. And I think the moment of realization that really stuck with me was that if I didn't appreciate the work that I was putting out there, then I couldn't really expect anyone else to appreciate any kind of energy I put out there. And I think that came with just being more accepting of my own work versus being self-critical. Because um, I think a lot of the things um, or a lot of the ways that people think now is the value of their work is based off of likes, retweets, you know, shares, uh, you know, um, whether their work is a bestseller or whatnot. But I had to become really comfortable with just being okay with whatever I put out there, but being happy with what I put out there and not expecting anything back, just finding a love for what I'm doing and just focusing on that love. I think my journey before, especially when I was younger, was just very ego-fueled. I think a lot of my pursuits were just around in, in terms of trying to seek validation or seek some kind of acceptance. Um, but I think the more I became just in love with my own process, with my writing, and the more I became less judgmental of myself and just like practicing, just consistently putting my work out there without any expectation, without, but just the, just the love of what I do or just needing that release of whatever thought that I have, whatever fragment of my writing that's gonna help in my healing, just putting it out there and just, you know, for me. And I think that point really changed everything for me. I think that's when I started to just attract a lot more um, <clears throat> just genuine, um, authentic things that really are connected to me. Man, yeah, that's what you just described is like the perfect description of an actual artist of like how you arrive at creating real art. And that's that's such a fundamental and important part of the process that like, I feel like a lot of people kind of give up before they get to, you know, because as you said, like a part of creation, I mean, it always starts as being ego-based. You know, you're basically like, my ideas need to exist in the world, you know? <laughs> more, let's put some, some more me out there, you know? Um, and then you suffer, you know, you go through the suffering around having that be your, you know, your why, you know, your reason for creating the things. And, you know, because like we, we get this idea of like, let's, let's create something. And as you're creating it, it 
like chips off a part of that ego that you're using as fuel and it goes into the wild, you know, and in, in within the shape of the work. And then the actual kind of artistic process is done whenever you cut the umbilical cord between you having any more control over the work and the work existing out in the world on its own. And then what happens is all that ego that you've cultivated then flips upside down and turns into terror and security and worry and all that and anxiety and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not a, it's not a clean process, you know, and then you just have to go through that horrible kind of process over and over again of like, you know, building yourself up with kind of the arrogance of creativity and then having yourself be burned down to the ground through the, you know, the other side to then go, well, hold on a second. Maybe there's another way. Like this isn't how it's supposed to feel, you know, let's find something else and let's do, you know, as you said, let's do what is meaningful to me and feels right, feels good as opposed to what's going to give me, you know, attention or, you know, whatever else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and like you said, um, it's not easy. Like it, it's, um, it's a lot of uh, you versus you battles, like just, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror and uh, really just uh, being introspective. Um, And I feel like it took me a long time. Like, I feel like in my early twenties, I feel like that's where I operated in just this, um, almost this survival mode, Um, you know, just trying to um, be, you know, a person who I really don't even want to be now that I look back at. Um, But yeah, it takes time. And I think that's just like the human, the human experience. It's just a lot of things take time. And it's only like with hindsight that we start to realize just, um, how, you know, poisonous we might have been to ourselves or um, how uh, we were keeping ourselves stuck in certain cycles that, you know, were just self-inflicted. So time, time, time really does heal all wounds, but especially when you do have that uh, perspective um, and just, um, yeah, just experience. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. That's some of the things that I used to think about like whenever I was younger, I would always like be frustrated because I wanted to be further along or like more quote unquote successful than I was at the time. And then whenever I was like in my, I don't I remember when I read it first, but like maybe in my early twenties, I read Miles Davis's autobiography and I realized that he didn't start his electric period until he was in his forties. Wow. And I was just like, he didn't even start it until then. Like, <laughs> wow. That's so wild, you know, that like he made Bitches Brew, he's like 43 or something. Wow. And I was just like, wow, okay, this, I'm working on the wrong timetables here and I need to try and just keep that in mind. Follow the process, keep going, you know, keep letting the onion, you know, peel and peel and peel and get to deeper to the core. And then, yeah, same, same with, you know, like you shared, like it wasn't until I was in my 30s that, I had like, it's kind of like the dumbest realization, most obvious realization you could have. I was like, oh yeah, like if you want people to feel it, you have to feel it first. Mm -hmm. Why am I working from the mind? Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's, I feel like um, that construct or that idea of just, um, you know, having like almost like a time, 
scale of when you should have achieved certain things or where you should be in your journey, I think that also pushes your art. Uh, like if you're just not conscious of it, like it just pushes your art in a direction that it shouldn't necessarily go or a direction that isn't a reflection of yourself. So I like that example you brought up, like, cause yeah, I feel like a lot of people just feel like life at, like, if you haven't got life figured out before 30, it's just, you know, that's, that's it. But it's like some of those realizations and some of those lessons come along a lot later and you just don't really, you, you really start your evolution at that point, that point of that realization. 100%. Yeah, I, I always feel like I'm just starting like, you know, I'm, I'm 41 now. And I'm like, wow. okay, I'm finally getting the handle on things, you know, <laughs> finally. <laughs> I hope it never stops. You know, it's a good sign. It means that you're like, you're constantly experiencing where you are in the present moment. And you still have curiosity and openness and a desire to look, you know, further within. And of course that journey is endless. And so if you're yeah. actually looking at it from the present and honestly, then you will always feel that way. And that, I think feeling that level of openness and kind of excitement creates the enthusiasm and the motivation to keep going, you know, and keep, keep mm -hmm. evolving and go deeper and deeper. Um, but I really want to touch on, you know, what you mentioned at the beginning about letting go of the kind of being possessed by as as most people are of <laughs> qualifying your value and like assessing the worth of what you're creating on social engagement or bestsellers or you know whatever i mean that's such a i think a difficult thing even for someone who's a really seasoned and successful you know, person to separate themselves from, you know, what was that process like for you? Wow. It's, it's, it's a deep, it's, it's a deep process of just like really just introspection. I think I've had to have a lot of moments with myself where, um, you know, I, I kind of have to put more perspective into why, I'm doing what I'm doing and it still happens to this day. And I think it's because just, you know, with all the algorithms changing and because of just, um, you know, all these changes in um, the world, um, I just feel like it's just such a deep process, especially for me of just having to just find moments of just being still um, and just remembering why I'm doing what I'm doing, just constantly reminding myself, you know, um, constant meditation, just trying to find a balance back to me, um, reading some of my older works, just to um, kind of remember my voice again in certain moments where I feel like lost or just confused. Because um, I think it's it's a constant battle because especially if you're an artist, you're always evolving. There's always some means to you wanting to change the fabric of who you are. So with that, I think there is that pressure that's that comes with you wondering if that version of yourself is still as endearing or still as acceptable as maybe an older version of yourself. And it's it's like a constant 
cycle of just having to pull yourself out um, when you're in too deep or having to just pull yourself out when, you know, things, you just don't feel the same or things just don't feel the same. Um, so I think it's a constant process for me, honestly. I wouldn't say it's something that um, I've just mastered. I feel like um, it's, it's, it's always an adjustment because as social media and as uh, constructs of the world change, like you have to change with them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I love what you mentioned about like going back and rereading your old work too. I, uh, I did, I normally don't do that. Um, but I did that somewhat recently and I was like, man, September and August of 2022, I was in the zone, you know, I was like, what was <laughs> happening? What did I do then? <laughs> you know, how can I, how can I get back there? What was I doing then? <laughs> um, yeah, no, but it is, it is so fascinating to see how you, how you intentionally change your work to try and evolve and also how just kind of the ecosystem of culture pulls you in directions too, where it's like, oh, wow, I would have, look how I'm over <laughs> here talking about this now, whenever I would have not considered that before, you know? Um, Absolutely. But yeah, like, so whenever you go to work, getting out of that anxiety of what you're working on being a quote unquote success. Like what's your thinking in your mindset around that? Like, how do you, how do you just divorce your creative like origin of a project from worrying about things that are really ultimately become really fundamental because especially as a writer, it's like, if you, you know, people, I'm, I'm sure they can imagine, but like the publishing industry is maybe harsher than the music industry. Mm -hmm. I've had experience in both. I mean, it's like if you have one, you know, one lick that doesn't hit, then it's like <laughs> it can be it, it can be a career ender. Yeah. You know, if you mess up, you know, they're like, sorry, this last one didn't do good. And then the rest <laughs> of the industry knows it and no one wants to take a, you know, take another ride with you. So yeah. those things can be create a lot of fear for people, you know. So how do you how do you work with that? I think for me it's just a constant reminder of just you know myself and uh just the things I love in my own life. So I think it, you kind of have to it's it's funny when you mentioned um not really going back to your old work it's like, I feel like sometimes going back to your old work provides you with a bit of an ego death of some sort, because maybe <laughs> where you were, you know, speaking from or where you were uh, talking from, it could have been a projection or just like uh, you being in, you know, a stressed state of mind and, and things like that. And I think what balances me and brings me back to that place is just spending time with just myself, the people I love. Um, doing things I love, um, just kind of disconnecting from the the status quo, like the things that are needed or from, you know, industry standards or um, how the ecosystem is changing, just kind of being a little bit more selfish, you know, um, because I feel like the world is so much in our face now with just, you know, you know, social media. As soon as you log on to social media, you're learning something new about something you didn't know about yesterday. And sometimes I feel like an overload of that is 
just, you know, terrible for you. Um, you know, it's good to be informed, but I feel like sometimes that level of just um, deta- just a, a slight level of detachment can be pretty healthy. Um, and I think that's how I try to approach my books as well, or just that expectation. I try to detach myself as much as possible when I'm in that process of creation. And I really try to focus on um, the concept I'm trying to achieve here, um, the, the goal I'm trying to have you know, if I'm a reader reading that book and at the end. So I try to detach myself completely um, and just make that process a selfish process just for me. Um, that way, when I come out of it, I can know that I put that out there and it was fully authentically myself, regardless of what the world looks like right now, regardless of the pressures that come with trying to be, you know, this or that. I put it out there with, you know, my authentic self intentionally. Beautiful. Yeah, that's that's really it, man. That's you're you're giving away the keys here to people. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is that's the you know, that's whenever the creative path gets to a place where you're innovating, mm-hmm. where you are you do become singular as an artist because you know, and people, this is like in personalities too. It's like people, they try and of course mimic and kind of crowdsource a, a personality and identity. They try and crowdsource a creative path because they look at, you know, they compare themselves to other people and go like, all right, what is it that people like? I'll be more like this. So then I'll be more likable. What's the work that people like? I'll make stuff more like that. So my work will be more likable. But the flaw in that is that everyone is just subjectively looking at everyone else going like, what do I think that they think that they like? Mm -hmm. Let me be more like that. (laughs) And so no one's being, you know, fully real and authentic. They're always like trying to be a copy of this copy or a projection of a projection. And if you zoom out and really think about it, it's like the people who are singular and are like doing something really special who are like, you know, leaders of a field who are kind of creating timeless work, whatever it is, like they're not worried about what other people are doing at all, you know, and that's why they're, they're singular. You know, it's like whenever you, you know, you have to create the thing that you want to see in the world and then Mm -hmm. trust it, you know, and that's how you actually, that's how you break out. I mean, that's the irony is that people think like, they need to calculate their work some way to be able for it to thrive. But it's like, no, you just have to like go really deep inward and only listen to your instincts and block out everything else. And that's how you, you, you know, really, really break out is because if you're looking at trends and you're trying to thrive off trends, by the time you, you imitate that, and they come out with something, the trends will have already moved on and you'll be late. Yeah. But, you know, to, to set a trend, to create a new wave of meaning or something and, and culture, you have to do something that's only, you know, comes from within that only comes from you. That only feels right that you want to exist. And then when it comes out, it creates that shock wave, you know, instead of riding in the, the, the further waves of it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. 
And I love uh, everything you said about just singularity and being disliked. Because I think um, I think too many artists are, you know, obsessed with being liked. And I feel like um, that's what I really noticed and was a really shifting point for myself in my work. I noticed that there was just a point where just, you know, for me, I felt like it wasn't good enough if, you know, I didn't feel like certain people liked it or accepted it. And I think it was just kind of just the quieting of that for me that really shifted a lot too. Um, because yeah, like that is, it's, it's just shift. Like it's just a power, it's just a game changer. Um, honestly, when you just step into a frame of mind where everything you're doing is coming from you and you know if it touches someone or you know makes someone's day or heals them from something i feel like those are bonuses and that's how i've always kind of looked at it you know it's a bonus it's a beautiful thing you know gratitude till the end you know but because it's coming from just an authentic place it means even more that it's touching people yeah. in the way that it's touching them so yeah i feel i feel like um just being comfortable with being disliked, but just, you know, opening the doors for the people that just accept you just unapologetically as you are putting your art out there is a game changer. Absolutely, man. Yeah. You, again, you dropped a lot of really important things there. Like the idea of getting comfortable with being disliked is huge because I actually like invite that because, um, I dislike myself and I'm just joking uh, because like <laughs> whenever you see people that like dislike your, your stuff, it means that you're expanding outside of your little cocoon of the people who are interested in what you're creating. You're getting to like objective, you know, people like an objective audience that, so it means that you're expanding, which is nice, you know? And also it's, it can be really interesting to be disliked because one of the things I think about uh, just in life, but also in my writing is I always think about everything from like a dozen perspectives. And I'm like, how, after I like create something, I'm like, I look at it from every angle possible that I, or that I can, because I want to flesh things out from like this 360 degree, like global viewpoint. So I'll have like, I want my point of view, which is pretty, uh, you know, I've developed it to be rather meta, I suppose, in general, um, is that, uh, and I did just have a voice in my head that said, it's interesting that Corey is talking on a podcast right now. I was like, oh, look at that guy. <laughs> but um, but uh, so uh, anyway, like, uh, then it's interesting whenever someone dislikes what you create, um, then you're like, oh, look, there's an yet another kind of color of light coming through the prism of mind, like looking at this thing, I create how fascinating, you know? Um, <laughs> so I think that's, <laughs> you know, it's so it can be really interesting. It's just like learning to me. I'm like, oh, wow. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, sometimes it can help flesh out your own way of seeing things. Absolutely. I feel like, um, sometimes looking at it from that perspective definitely gives you, um, provides a, another kind of ego death, which is a good thing. Um, for me, I feel like, because sometimes there's a lot of perspectives that we don't really see um, from other people that, you know, realities and um, they're living that, you know, just from us not may maybe experiencing that we have never seen or felt. 
So it's funny. Like I welcome it too. Most of the time I just welcome, you know, everything. And I think um, it's a process too, um, even with my books. Cause I feel like I noticed that a lot of writers really focus in on reviews for their books and I've never felt like a review should be for anything other than like other readers. Like it should mm-hmm. not never be a measure of your worth or how good your writing is, or, you know, it should just be, you know, something that gives other readers a more informed, you know, idea of what they can expect from reading it. So, yeah, I, I feel like just kind of embracing everything is, has to be part of just your creative process the good, the bad, the stuff people love, the stuff people don't love as much. Um, just yeah. <laughs> everything. As long as it's a, a, you know, authentic extension of yourself, I feel like it's it's always a good thing. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. And one thing I was going to mention earlier that I, I love that you mentioned that's very wise is writing stuff for you. And then if it helps other people, that's a bonus. I think that's such a healthy perspective. And it just shows, again, why your work is very authentic and honest and powerful and, you know, has its own clear energy is because, you know, there's so many people in the kind of the space that you and I both work in that, like, you can tell that whenever they're writing, they're like, I'm going to go like heal people, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it doesn't, <laughs> and like that shit doesn't work, man. Like no. it doesn't work. You're like you can't, because you just, what we talked about after that, like you can't know what someone is experiencing. So you can't yeah. go out there and give them this prescription like, hey, giant swath of strangers, here's the perfect <laughs> puzzle piece that will do. It's like, no, you have to write from experience. And yes. because human experiences are universal, you were then you will then inevitably settle into the groove of other people's experience that could hopefully be helpful. But it only works if you do it that way, you know? Absolutely. I <laughs> I love that you mentioned that. Um you know, people who write and just like, yeah, you know, here I am just, you know, wanting you to heal from this, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, I feel like a lot of it, sometimes it really is you, you have to be doing the work in some kind of way. Like, you know, and I noticed that, especially for writers, if you're trying to write from an authentic place, it can be very difficult, especially with the demands of just like algorithms and stuff. Because, you know, what I've noticed for myself is there's days where I'm feeling like, you know, just terrible. Um, (laughs) But I know like, man, I haven't posted anything in like two days. Like it's been a while, you know, and you try to write from a space that's honest or you know real authentic but it just it just doesn't come off um from a place that's really you it just comes from like a low vibrational place so yeah like i i i feel like it's it's always a beautiful thing to be able to just kind of be on your own pace like in your own rhythm but not because you know you're doing it for you know validation or anything but just because you're you're trying to put out your best self like your full self you know whether it's in a low moment and you're trying to put out something that someone might be able to relate to whether it's in a moment of clarity and you're trying to put out this thought that you feel like might give other people perspective but yeah i've always felt like um the best way to 
to help other people is by you helping yourself. And, and if that's an extension of your writing and you putting, you know, your full self out there, then that's like a great way to start. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's really real is that you have to be doing the work and you can tell, you can feel in people's you know other work that you see who is actually living it and embodying what they're, you know, sharing and who is just kind of like putting together like, you know, AI sort of <laughs> you know, type of fragments of buzzwords and whatever. Um, but it's real. It's like your cup, you just have to get your cup to overflow. And then when it overflows, it can fill that of others, you know, God, that's, that's a pretty lofty way to frame that, but I just mean, you know, you know, you gotta be in it, you know, for it to, for it to come off, for it to come off. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's tough to navigate through that because, um, you know, people always have a perception of what they feel like, you know, is you like, or your disposition or your regular, you know, your regularities, like people always have, um, yeah, just their way of viewing you. And sometimes, you know, you not necessarily um, being your fullest self in certain situations, it can kind of fill you with guilt in certain times, like where you can kind of feel like uh, almost just, uh, what is it called? Um, imposter syndrome. Um, just mm -hmm. like when you come into certain spaces and... Um, so yeah, it's strange. Like I just feel like um the more intentional you are just about spending um time with yourself and doing the work when it pertains to, you know, work that is just about healing or just changing people's perspectives and things like that. Yeah, it is really important to just be extremely honest <laughs> with yourself um first and foremost. Mhm. Mm yeah. yeah, totally. And, and and there's a weird, like, you know, you mentioned some of the pressure of trying to write and post things on social media, you know, and um, it, it has created this compression, like the way that, you know, the algorithm and just the, the vitality of one's creative output, you know, even you look at comedians, like they're like, God, you got to have clips, man. You got to have all those. You got to drop the clips like multiple <laughs> clips a week. I got to do crowd work at the end of every show now just for clips, you know, <laughs> and it's like such a weird type of compression that that is put on creative people. It's like, cause you just think back to like, you know, it's like, Hey, Rembrandt, man, you haven't dropped a painting in like four <laughs> years. And he's like, oh, I've been work takes four years to make, man. This thing is the size of a wall. <laughs> it's like, the, there was not the same type of pressure. Like, you know, yeah. Um, or maybe there was, but it's like, it's just, it's weird to be like back originally in the birth of create, you know, like creativity. It was like, I'll work on this painting for four years or five years or whatever. I'll work on this book for 10, like James Joyce. Like he spent yeah. 10 years working on Ulysses and then 10 years working on Finnegan's Wake. And he's like, you know, one of the goats. And it's like, no one was like, man, you got to drop some, some one-liners, Joyce. Come on, <laughs> stop working on that. Put your glasses on, drop some one-liners, man. <laughs> yeah, it's insane how much um, pressure there is to just like put out material. And like, I really envy um, just people of just like that past era who could just work on their art for as long as they needed to. And um, 
just you know release it when it's ready because you those were usually the timeless pieces you know um or even just like the timeless albums music wise the same thing you know it's usually yeah projects that took years to curate and i feel like um you know social media is just uh it just put us under more pressure to just need that visibility to be there because um I guess there's always that feeling behind every creator's mind that there's always someone who could possibly take your spot or just the space that you have, or, you know, there's someone else who could, you know, there's just always, I guess, that fear. There's also, they could, people could just forget that you're around because now this new trend has popped up or, you know, so I feel like um, it's, it's so important to just, yeah, remember, um, yeah, why, why, why we're in it, but just taking your time is so important. And like, um, it's just like with me, with my books, I try to take as much time as possible because, um, I feel like people deserve that too. I feel like, um, the more time you put into whatever you do, I feel like people can sense that. Um, I feel like people can, um, feel the value in it as well. Because I feel like there's just a lot of energy in uh, just everything, you know, you put out. And that includes just tangible bodies of work. So, yeah, more time, just, I think, better output a lot of times. It's a pretty good system. Like, imagine pitching social media as, like, a concept, like, in a business meeting, you know, being like, all right, here's the deal. We're going to create this platform, and all of these creative people are going to work for us for free. Like millions of creative people, <laughs> they're going to work for us for free and we'll pray. We'll, we'll tune it up to where it'll prey upon their desire to be in the conversation. And we'll, we'll fluctuate things so that they'll perpetually feel like they're falling off and then we'll reward them just enough to where they, get, you know, they, they stick around to give them a, a hit of the drug. And, uh, and then, you know, their, their payment will be just, uh, you know, feeling like they're still in the conversation and hoping that things <laughs> around the stuff that they've created for free for us uh, will lead to opportunities outside of this business that we've created. It's a pretty good, uh, pretty good system, man. Yeah, that that would work pretty well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's something I think about sometimes. Actually, is like how I'm I'm pretty detached from the uh, like. I don't know, all of the emotions that people feel with social, like I don't feel any of that stuff because again, like I said before, I don't have any emotions at all. But um, uh, because it's like, I think about that. It's like, well, who, I, I don't I don't work for them. You know, it's like, I'm not going to like stress myself out to try and work for some other company. And I think that uh, it's like the perspective, I don't know, I take this perspective with everything. It's like, I'm going to make it work for me instead mm -hmm. of make me working for it. And yeah. I'll use it to, you know, what serves me and my larger vision of what I'm doing as opposed to sitting around being anxious because, you know, like, you know, like I have a friend that, <laughs> that's a, I have several friends that are like social media experts. And uh, I had lunch with one of them uh, a little while back. And I was like, what's up, man? He's like, engagement's down. You know, I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's going to be okay, man. You know, <laughs> I was like, just let's have our sushi and relax. You know, <laughs> uh, that's where I'm like, man, don't forget, we're all going to die. There are actually, there are no stakes in any of this, man. 
Just, <laughs> just enjoy, enjoy, man. Do what you enjoy. Don't stress about that stuff. You know, you kind of have to, man. You kind of have to, or it'll drive you insane. It'll drive you crazy. I feel like earlier in my journey, that used to be such a struggle for me because I feel like um, at that time for me, it was like I had to post on Tumblr regularly. I had to post on Twitter. I had to post on Instagram, you know, try to be active on Facebook. And it's just like getting lost in all that. Your your art gets lost in that too, in some, some kind of way. <laughs> so yeah, um, it's just... Like, I like how you put it just in terms of just not really just having this almost energy, just not care about what, you know, they want, because like the work that you're putting in is, yeah, it's free. Like at the end of the day, you're just, you know, putting out whatever, you know, you want. Um, Obviously, you know, you're promoting yourself in some kind of way, but, you know, people are able to access your work for free. And I feel like accessibility also kind of just... um, it kind of shifts how uh, people, you know, perceive you as well. Because I feel like a lot of those artists back in the day, because social media wasn't around, it's like people would appreciate what took more time because, you know, these people almost seemed like uh, ghosts in a way. It's like, wow, when we get something from you, it's something special. It's something amazing. But now it's just content just being cranked out left right and center every second from every part of the globe and you have accessibility to that it it just puts this um puts this unnecessary unnecessary pressure that you really do have to just break from and just cater your work and art just to you and just what makes you happy yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah, that accessibility is so strange, man. Can you imagine Salvador Dali being like, hey, guys, just uh, like, you know, grabbing some lunch right now. What are you doing? Like, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. Like you can you're a tweet like you're a tweet away from the president of the United States or the president of whatever other country like or you're a tweet away from just like your favorite music artist or your favorite athlete. It's it's pretty crazy, you know, and the more you think about it, just like, and they'll, they're going to, they can see it, they can choose not to, or they might just be flooded with other notifications, but they can see what you've put out there. And the rest of the mm-hmm. world can see what you've put out there too. So, yeah, it would have been interesting to see how like older icons um, <laughs> existed, uh, <laughs> you know, in this era of social media. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, you. I mean, and there's certain people who like, you know, as far as people who are still alive, it's like, man, thank God someone like Tom Waits isn't like on doing Instagram lives all the time. You know, it's like, He's like, please stay mysterious and weird, man. Don't, you know, um, he's not dropping reels every morning. Always having his coffee or whatever. Um, but you mentioned, um, you mentioned something you know, before we started recording, we we're talking about being mindful about like, the things that we, you know, use in daily life as consumers and the journey it takes to get to us and how, you know, accessible that stuff is for us and how being mindful of how you spend your money, like to what companies um, can serve the people who are doing the work to create those things. 
And you mentioned accessibility just made me think of that, but in a reverse, you know, and that's a real upside that I actually hadn't really thought about until just now uh, about social media and writing things there is that people who are in situations that can't really afford uh, books, they can't afford a course, they can't afford, you know, therapy in a lot of cases, they can't um, afford or, or they're in a, a, a family system in which they're not allowed to access books and podcasts and things that, you know, are of the subject matter that, you know, we might create because of their family, you know, maybe they're like a survivor, you know, and like in a strangely kind of mentally or um, physically abusive type of family system or something, but they've got their phone, you know, and they can get on and they can absorb some stuff and try and get some perspective or some community through that. I mean, man, talk about an upside of social media. You know, what a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, definitely is. And especially like, um, I love that you mentioned that because a lot of um, my following from Twitter is like Africa based, um, you know, so like as a Zimbabwean writer, I have, yeah, very like deep African base, you know, all parts of Africa. And um, one of the biggest things that I always get in terms of just people um, messaging me sometimes or emailing me. They're always like, hey, I really want to buy your book, but I can't afford it. Or, hey, I really want to buy your book, but I can't find it anywhere, you know, in this country. And it is a crazy upside when you really think about it because people are able to find whatever pieces, you know, or um, work might, you know, help them through in a certain moment or in a certain stage of their life. And yeah, I've received so many different, you know, messages and emails that really blow my mind a lot of the times. Um, and a lot, a lot of times it's from people who don't have my book. It's from people who are like, hey, I found your work on Twitter or I found your work on Instagram, um, you know, and this piece really helped me through this time. And, you know, that's when you kind of realize that, you know, you're, you're, you're in your purpose or you're doing something that's in line with your purpose because, you know, as much as you may have intentionally set time down to write that book or create that song or, you know, someone just finding like your free pieces of work and it changing some perspective for them or helping them through a time is, is really golden honestly, because like you put it, like a lot of people have so many constraints on them that make it hard for them to have accessibility to, you know, some of your works that just, you know, are more available just here, for instance, in the States. So yeah, a crazy upside, crazy upside. And yeah, it's, it's, it's like a double-edged sword because it's like, while you have all this amazing, you know, <clears throat> visibility to people who wouldn't be able to see your work before. There's just also that pressure of, oh, I know he posts every day, or he seems to post almost every couple out what's going on, you know, so it's like a double edged sword. But I think ultimately, you know, because if, if, what, if, if whatever you're doing is rooted in just 
you know, good energy and just um, honesty, sincerity, then I feel like it's always a win. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, well, Billy, uh, our time has come to an end, <laughs> but man, thank you. I don't know why I said that so weird. Um, man, thank you uh, so much for coming and just sharing your time and your perspective and everything. Uh, you're amazing. You're awesome. I feel like we could talk. I could talk to you anyway. You may be bored of me by now, but I could talk to you for <laughs> hours, man. So uh, thank you for coming here and uh, doing what you do. Yeah, likewise, Corey. Man, I could talk to you for days, man. A lot of perspectives <laughs> that are very similar. Um, but I really appreciate you having me on here. I'm glad we finally made it work. Um, and yeah, man, thank you so much.